Test, test one. Hello, hello, hello. We are here with you right now. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's time for novels. 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 It's Sunday morning reading. Hello, welcome to Inherent Cast Infinite Cast Part 2, Inherent Cast Part 9. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, but who's counting? We are here. We are with you. Yes. Um, we're going to be reading the next chapter of this book. Or or some of it. Or the some next, of it. The next bit, the next piece. Uh, yes. Uh, any other preamble before we get into this? Uh, no preamble. I think we can just hop right in and uh, then hit you on the back end with yeah. I, some salient gossip. Uh, we left. I left these microphones in the sun and their mic covers started disintegrating and <laughs> turning to dust yeah. so we are maybe the audio quality is a little different because we don't have the the the, the mic covers on maybe our plosives Ooh. are a little uh, more popping uh right now but i apologize i will order more the, these mic covers have been with us forever I, uh you know yeah it might be time me. to get can you get customized mic covers, or is it more of a flag? The mic flag is where you would. The customize. mic flag is where you customize. I mean, I just threw these in the chat, the the trash, and it's a little bittersweet because, like, I don't know, man. I like Chapo episodes in the three hundreds were recorded with those mic covers. Don't throw them out. You could probably sell those for. Yeah, you could put uh, them up for auction. There's hundreds, a lot of spit in there. Hundreds of episodes worth of uh of Chapo spit. There's some D. There's yeah. some DNA in that shit. I'm sure. Yes, yes, but probably shouldn't get it in the wrong hands. Uh, you know, with all things, an end must come. It 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 is like that in in some ways. Yes. Um, all not, right. not this podcast, though. Not this podcast. This podcast is, as it is on the name, Infinite. Infinite. All right. Get into it, Molly. I'm going to put on some surfing videos. Chapter 7. Uh, Doc called Sancho next morning and asked if he'd ever heard of a boat called the Golden Fang. Sancho grew strangely evasive. Before I forget, was that a diamond ring on Ginger last episode? You sure you didn't, like, hey, I was on the Natch. I just couldn't get a good look. And how about all those goo-goo eyes at the skipper? I didn't even know they were dating. Must have missed that, said Doc. I mean, I always figured she ended up with Gilligan somehow. Nah, nah, Thurston Howell III. <laughs> Come on, he'd never divorce Lovey. There was a pulse of embarrassed silence as both men realized that this could all be construed as code for Shasta Faye and Mickey Wolfman and, incredibly, even Doc himself. The re- is that saying that Doc is like Gilligan? Yeah, basically. Sure. The reason I was asking about this boat, Doc said finally, is is that, okay, how about, Sancho, a little abrupt, you know the yacht harbor in San Pedro? There's a local fish place called the Belaying Pin. Meet me there for lunch. I'll tell you what I can. From the smell that hit him when he walked in, Doc wouldn't have ranked the Belaying Pin as one of your more health-conscious seafood joints. Oh, you know what they say about seafood places. What? If you can smell fish when you go to a seafood place, don't eat the seafood. Mm, so it is. The clientele, how I wouldn't know anything about that. I'm from Vermont. Uh, <laughs> Bastion of I think you could maybe get some trout lake from the tra- lake. Lake trout? But uh, my, my fish exposure as a child was in the form of uh, sticks from the freezer. The clientele, however, were not as easy to read. It isn't new money, exactly, Sancho suggested. More like new debt. 
Everything they own, including their sailboats, they bought on credit cards from institutions in places like South Dakota that you send away for by filling out the back of a match cover. They threaded their way among plastic, plastocratic yachts folk seated at tables made from varathaned hatch covers to a booth by a window in back looking out on the water. The pins where I like to take very special clients, and I also figured you'd want to see the view. Doc looked out the window. Is that what I think it is? Sancho had a pair of ancient World War II field glasses on a strap around his neck. He took them off and handed them to Doc. Meet the schooner Golden Fang out of Charlotte Amelie. Where's that? Virgin Islands. Bermuda Triangle? Close enough. Sizable vessel. Doc regarded the elegantly swept, yet somehow, what would you call it, inhuman lines of the Golden Fang. Everything about her gleaming a little too purposefully. More antennas and radomes than any boat could possibly use. Not a flag of national origin in sight. Weather decks of teak or maybe mahogany. Not likely intended for relaxing out on with no fishing line or can of beer. She has a tendency to show up unannounced in the middle of the night, Sancho said. No running lights, no radio traffic. Local sophisticates, assuming her visits to be drug-related, might lurk hopefully for a day or two, but would soon drift away, muttering about intimidation, by whom was never quite made clear. The harbormaster went around in a state of nerves, as if coerced into waiving all the fees applying to transients, and every time their office radio kicked in, he was seen to jump violently. So who's the mob kingpin that owns this? Doc saw no harm in asking. Actually, we've considered hiring you to find out. <laughs> Me? Off and on. Thought you guys all dialed thought you guys is all dialed in on this, Sanch. For years, Sancho had kept a watchful eye on the yachting community of Southern California as they came and went. At first feeling the unavoidable class hatred, such vessels, for all their beauty under sail, inspire in those of average income but evolving after a while into fantasies about going in with somebody, maybe even Doc, on a boat, some little snipe or uh, Lido-class day sailor, at least. As it turned out, his firm, Hardy, Gridley, and Chatfield, had been keenly, almost desperately curious about the Golden Fang for a while now. Her insurance history was an exercise in mystification, sending bewildered clerks and even partners clear back to 19th century commentators like Thomas Arnold and Theophilus Parsons, usually screaming. Theophilus, that's a good uh, a good pull. Uh, Theophilus Fisk was a uh, 19th century political fixer. Ah. Uh, tentacles of sin and desire and that strange world-bound karma, which is of the essence in maritime law, crept through all areas uh, of Pacific sailing culture, and ordinarily it would have taken no more than a fraction of the firm's weekly entertainment budget deployed at a carefully selected handful of local marina bars to find out anything they wanted to know from nightly chatter, yarns of Tahiti, Muria, Bora Bora, dropped names of rogue mates and legendary vessels, and what had happened aboard, or might have, and who still haunts the cabin spaces, and what old karma lies unavenged, waiting its moment. <laughs> I'm Clorinda, what'll it be? A waitress in a combination Nehru jacket and Hawaiian print shirt, just <laughs> long enough to qualify as a mini dress, and with a set of vibes that didn't help sharpen anybody's appetite. Ordinarily, I'd go for the Admiral's Luau, Sancho more, <laughs> Sancho more diffident than Doc expected. This, oh, this all sounds great. I mm. want to go to this place. I want the Admiral's Luau. Uh, here, one of the main things I've been thinking about this book is that Doc's 
it, it, it is a mystery and there is some amount of peril, but Doc's life seems great. <laughs> it just getting taken to lunch by, you know, like know maritime guys. lawyers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty chill. Yes. Other than, you know, getting knocked over the head and yeah, waking uh, up in booking. Yeah, occasionally you get bonked. But then you even, yeah, when you wake up in booking, the, all the cops are your, like, playfully adversarial friends. If you're going to get bonked, you might as well get bonked in California, am I right? Yes. I, may, I guess that's the one of the theses of this book. Yeah. If you're going to get bonked, Life's, get bonked in Southern California. Life's a bitch, uh, the, and then you die, so go to the beach. Yes, exactly. Uh, ordinarily, I'd go for the Admiral's Luau, but today I guess I'll just have the house anchovy loaf to start. <laughs> and um, the Devil Ray filet, can I get that deep fried in beer batter? Ooh. Uh, your stomach isn't, <laughs> your stomach isn't it. Uh, how about you, little buddy? Mmm, Doc's scanning the menu. <laughs> All this good eating while Sancho mm, kicked hungry. him under the table. <laughs> if, uh, if my husband dared to eat any of this shit, I'd throw him out on his ass and drop all his Iron Butterfly albums out the window after him. All of the Iron Butterfly albums? All, don't they just have Inagata De Vita? <laughs> uh, trick question, Doc said hastily. The, uh, jellyfish teriyaki croquettes, I guess? And the eel trovatore, <laughs> uh, and to so that that's an that's an opera, right? Il, tro, il trovatore, yeah. but it's spelled you know eel trovatore. The jellyfish what croquettes? Uh, te- jellyfish teriyaki croquettes. I would not go for that. I don't know. Uh, and to drink, gentlemen, you'll want to be good and fucked up by the time this <laughs> arrives. I'd recommend tequila zombies. They work pretty quick. She stalked away, scowling. Sancho had been gazing out at the schooner. See, the problem with this vessel is trying to find out anything. People back off, change the subject even, I don't know, get creepy, head for the toilet never to reappear. Again, Doc thought he saw in Sancho's expression a strange element of desire. Her name isn't really the Golden Fang. No, her original name was preserved after her miraculous escape in 1917 from a tremendous nitroglycerin explosion in Halifax Harbor, which blew away most everything else in it, shipping and souls. That's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, yes, one of World the War one of the lar- great largest explosions of all time happened in Halifax Harbor. I believe I, I believe that in 1917, uh, yeah, a, a shipping vessel full of something explosive just blew up in the in the harbor, and it is one of the largest explosions ever recorded. Wow! Uh, e- e- like ranking just under like nuclear explosions mm. in, in terms of size and intensity. Jesus, a real fucking disaster. Uh, interesting read if you want to um, follow up on the 1917 Halifax explosion. I figured this this chapter is really for you um, oh, in uh, history and, and sociopolitical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Preserved was a Canadian fishing schooner, which later during the 1920s and 30s also picked up a reputation as a racer, competing regularly with others in her class, including at least twice the legendary Blue Nose. Shortly after World War II, as fishing schooners were giving way to diesel-powered craft, she was bought by Burke Stodger, a movie star of the period who, not long after, got blacklisted for his politics and was forced to take his boat and split the country. Which is where the Bermuda Triangle comes in, recounted Sancho. Somewhere between San Pedro and Papite, the ship disappears. At first, everybody assumes she's been sunk by the 7th Fleet, acting on direct orders from the U.S. government. Naturally, the Republicans in power deny all involvement, the paranoia keeps growing till one day, a couple years later, boat and owners suddenly reappear, preserved in the opposite ocean off Cuba, 
and Burke Stodger on the front page of Weekly Variety in an article reporting his return to pictures in a big-budget major studio project called Commie Confidential. <laughs> the schooner, meantime, instantly, as if by occult forces relocated to the other side of the planet, has been refitted stem to stern, uh, including the removal of any traces of soul into what you see out there. The owners are listed as a consortium in the Bahamas, and she's been renamed the Golden Fang. That's all we've got so far. I know why I'm so interested, but how come you are? Story I heard the other night. Maybe some kind of a smuggling angle? That would be one way of putting it. The ordinarily lighthearted attorney seemed a little bummed today. <laughs> Another way of putting it is, is better she should have gotten blown to Vix in Halifax 50 years ago than be in the situation she's in now. Sancho, get that weird look off your face, man. You'll wreck my appetite. As attorney to client, this story you heard, it didn't happen to include Mickey Wolfman? Not so far. Why? According to Scuttlebutt, shortly before his disappearance, everybody's favorite developer was observed going on board the Golden Fang, took a little excursion out into the ocean and back again, like what the skipper might call a three-hour tour. <laughs> and wait, I'll bet he was also accompanied by his lovely companion... Thought you were done with that sad bullshit here. Let me order you a boiler maker or something to go with that zombie. You can start the whole sordid thing over again. Just asking. So everybody got back okay? Nobody pushed over the side? Nothing like that? Well, strangely enough, my source in the federal courthouse claims he did see something go over the side. Maybe not a person. It looked to him more like weighted containers. Maybe what we call lagan, which is stuff you sink deliberately so you can come back and get it later. That's not what the boat we talked about last night was called, was the it? Lagan? The lagan? But we'll, we'll talk about this later. Okay, great. They what? Put, a buoy out, uh, put out a buoy or something to mark the spot? Nowadays, it's all electronic, Doc. You get your latitude and longitude fixed from Loren coordinates, and then when you want to zero in closer, you run a sonar scan. Sounds like you're planning to have uh, go out and have a look. More like a civilian on a ride-along. People at the courthouse who know I'm, he tried to think of the word, interested. Putting it kindly. Long as you don't call it obsessed. If it was a chick, maybe, Doc thought, hoping his lips weren't moving. As usual these days, Fritz was back in the computer room staring at data. He had that ask-me-if-I-give-a-shit look Doc had noted before in newcomers to the groovy world of addictive behavior. <laughs> Word is that your girlfriend has split the country. Sorry to be the one to hand you the news. Doc was surprised at the intensity of the rectogenital throb that ran through him. <laughs> Where'd she go? Not known. She was aboard what the Federals call a vessel of interest to them and maybe you too. Uh-oh. Doc looked at the printout and saw the name Golden Fang. And you got this from some computer that's hooked up to your network? This in particular comes from the Hoover Library at Stanford, somebody's collection of counter-subversive files. Here, I printed it all down. Doc went out in the front office and drew a cup of coffee from the urn, whereupon Milton, the bookkeeper, who had been acting difficult lately, got right into a hassle with Fritz about whether Doc's coffee should be charged to travel and entertainment or to company overhead. <laughs> Gladys, the secretary, turned up the office stereo, which happened to be playing blue cheer, either to drown out the argument or suggest gently that everybody pipe down. Fritz and Milton then began screaming at Gladys, who screamed back. Doc lit a joint and began to read the file, which had been put together by a private intelligence operation known as the American Security Council, working out of Chicago, according to Fritz, since around 55. There was a brief history of the schooner preserved, of keen interest to the counter-subversive community for her high-seas capability. 
At the time of her reappearance in the Caribbean, for example, she was on some spy mission against Fidel Castro, who by that point was active up in the mountains of Cuba. Later, under the name of Golden Fang, she was to prove of use to anti-communist projects in Guatemala, West Africa, Indonesia, and other places whose names were blanked out. She often took on as cargo abducted local troublemakers who were never seen again. The phrase deep interrogation kept coming up. She ran CIA heroin from the Golden Triangle. She monitored radio traffic off unfriendly coastlines and forwarded it to agencies in Washington, D.C. She bought weapons. In, she brought weapons into anti-communist guerrillas, including those at the ill-fated Bay of Pigs. The chronology here ran all the way up to the present, including Mickey Wolfman's unexplained day trip just before he vanished, as well as the schooner's departure last week from San Pedro with known Wolfman companion Shasta Faye Hepworth on board. Uh, it's giving the Lady Ghislaine. I don't know what that is. Uh, the Lady Ghislaine was, is now known as the Dancing Hare, uh, and it is a... As in Rabbit? Yes. And it is a super yacht built for the Khashoggi family. Okay. Owned by Robert Maxwell, uh, uh-huh. Ghislaine Maxwell's father, uh-huh. a known uh, British... Israeli super spy who died mysteriously on it. Uh, it was almost purchased by uh, by Donald Trump uh-huh. at one point. It, it's just like one of these boats that is like, you know, in the mix. Yeah, 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 <laughs> to, yeah. To, a to vessel, be, a vessel of interest. A vessel of inter, a vessel of interest. Yeah. Uh, previously owned by uh by one of Rupert Murdoch's former wives. Not like, Wendy. No, not Wendy. Anna Murdoch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just you know, we can talk about this at the end of this thing, but the the the, the world of like boat <laughs> is very. Oh yeah. Well, well, our discussion today will will uh will mostly be will about. mostly be nautical. Yes. Um, that Mickey, known to be a generous Reagan contributor, might be active in some anti-communist crusade came as no big surprise. But how deeply was Shasta involved? Who had arranged for her passage out of the country aboard the Golden Fang? Was it Mickey? Was it somebody else paying her off for her services and putting the snatch on Mickey? What could she have gotten into so heavy duty that the only way out was to help set up the man she was supposed to be in love with? Bummer, man. (laughs) Bummer. Assuming she even wanted out. Maybe she really wanted to remain in whatever it was and Mickey stood in the way of that. Or maybe Shasta was seeing Sloane's boyfriend Riggs on the side and maybe Sloane found out and was trying to get revenge by setting Shasta up for Mickey's murder. Or maybe Mickey was jealous of Riggs and tried to have him iced only the the plan misfired and whoever had contracted to do the deed showed up and by accident killed Mickey. Or maybe it was on purpose because the so far unknown hit person really wanted to run off with Sloane. Gah! Good shit, ain't it? Fritz handing back a smoldering roach in a roach cliff, all that was left of what they'd been smoking. Define good, Doc muttered. I am like overthinking myself into brain freeze here. Fritz chuckled at length. Yeah, PIs should really stay away from drugs. All alternate universes just make the job that much more complicated. (laughs) But what about Sherlock Holmes? He did coke all the time, man. It helped him solve cases. (laughs) Yeah, but he was not real? What? Sherlock Holmes was... (laughs) He's a made-up character in a bunch of stories, Doc. Well, nah. No, he's real. He lives at this real address in London. Well, maybe not anymore. It was years ago. He has to be dead by now. (laughs) 
come on, let's go over to Zucky's. I don't know about you, but I've suddenly got this, what Cheech and Chong might call matzo ball Jones. <laughs> Entering the legendary Santa Monica delicatessen, they came under the red-eyed scrutiny of a crowd of freaks of all ages who seemed to be expecting somebody else. <laughs> After a while, Mag- Magda showed up with the usual Zucky burger and fries and rolled beef on rye and potato salad and Dr. Brown's celeries. Ooh, I can Woo! go for a celery right now. Plus another bowl of pickles and sauerkraut and looking more than ordinarily imposed upon. Joint sure is jumping, Doc observed. She rolled her eyes up and down at the establishment. Marcus Welby, MD freaks. You ever notice how the Zucky sign shows up for half a second in the opening credits? Blink and you'll miss it, but it's more than enough for these people who come in asking if that's like Dr. Steve Kiley's motorcycle parked in front and where's the hospital and who also, get her voice rising as she left the table, get confused when they can't find Cheetos or Twinkies on the Goldern menu. At least it isn't Mod Squatters, Doc grumbled. What? Fritz innocently. My favorite show. Pro-cop fucking mind control is more like it. (laughs) Inform on your friends, kids. Get a lollipop from the captain. Listen, I came up in Temecula, which is crazy cat country, where you always root for Ignats and not office a pup. (laughs) What is this? This is like Tarantino level, like old TV. I was just thinking of uh, Tarantino. Uh, I I don't know if I mentioned this on the the show, but I read Tarantino's novelization of um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is Good, it's, especially if you like Do you that. have the print book of that? No, I, I read it di- digital. Oh, boo-hoo. Uh, which is good, especially if you like that movie, which is a fucking great movie, so you should like it. And if you like that movie, it's it's worth a read. But, like, half that movie is just him, like, go- <laughs> him writing characters thinking about 60s television. <laughs> I mean, it makes me want to get into it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's very funny. He's he's clearly nursing an obsession with, like, the, the, the middle-brow program programmer television of the 1960s which is what makes me think he's actually going to retire after 10 films mm-hmm. uh, as he has long promised to do but he is going to move into doing TV uh, and it's not going to be like a prestige miniseries on eight H- austere HBO, episodes eight austere episodes 49 it's, minutes apiece he's gonna get like cbs to give him a deal to let him do like a 30 episode a season like cop drama <laughs> like cop program this would be so choice i can't even tell yes. you he, I, I like. I think he wants. He wants to make uh fucking Gunsmoke. He wants to make something that runs for two hundred seasons. Uh, that has forty episodes a season, where every episode is both insanely disposable, but then also has like at least two badass things that happen in it. And you get like a get like everyone has like a a high uh, profile guest star. Yeah, d- that's just like some guy he wants to shoot with Leo coming in to play yeah, the heavy. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No. Listen. If there's anything, th- this has been tracked since. Um, you know, for at least ba- basically, I would put it to when Arrested Development put out season four on Netflix. Yeah. TV is good because it's short. Yes. It's small blocks. When yes. you look at the TV guide, little squares, tiny little squares. You watch one show, and maybe you change the channel and watch another. Twenty-three minutes. Uh, Twenty-three commercial minutes breaks with commercial where you breaks. can go do your shit i love a commercial break yes now uh, comedy why is a comedy why are you a comedy show 38 minutes long that's too long to be funny 
Like, make a movie. Nobody, it is a, nobody can be funny for 38 minutes. I it's uh, I think I'm it, sorry, you have 23 minutes worth of jokes in a, in any given 38 minute streaming TV show. I have a controversial opinion right now. After the Kevin James uh meme of him making that like silly little face and looking at the like in a publicity still for um uh, King of Queens. Yeah. Uh, after that went around, I was like, you know what? Matter of fact, I've never seen a single episode of King of Queens. Let me check it out. And guess what? I watched the pilot. I watched the first, first three like- episodes of King of Queens. And that show is not bad. And you know why? Because it's short. short. It has epic. It delivers the jokes. And it seems like it's written by more than like three people who are in a Zoom room for 20 minutes. Yes. Like it, it's a, it has a writer's room. Yeah. Well, anyway, we, we used to be a proper country. Sorry. Sorry about the, the rant. Hey, well, look. He's talking about. He's TV. talking about it. Oh, all Clear, the- clearly, all these like major thinkers of pop culture, from Pinchon to Tarantino, are on something where they're like, you know, what was great in the 1960s? Television. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people are going to be creating art in the same way about the streaming times because it's yes. just so. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, they got into face stuffing activities for a while, forgetting if they'd ordered anything else, bringing Magda back over, then forgetting what they wanted her for. Because <laughs> PIs are doomed, man, Doc continuing his earlier thought. You could have seen it coming for years in the movies on the tube. Uh, or in the movies on the tube. Once there are all these great old PIs, Philip Marlowe, Sam Spade, the Seamus of Seamus's Johnny Staccato, always smarter and more professional than the cops, always end up solving the crime while the cops are following wrong leads and getting in the way, coming in at the end to put the cuffs on. Yeah, but nowadays it's all you see anymore is cops. The tube is saturated with fucking cop shows, just being regular guys, only trying to do their job, folks. No more threat to nobody's freedom than some dad in a sitcom. Right. Get the viewer population so cop-happy they're begging to be run in. Goodbye, Johnny Staccato. Welcome, and while you're at it, please kick my door down, Steve McGarrett. Meantime out here... It's funny, like, we're doing our TV rants, and he's doing one, too. Meanwhile, out here in the real world, most of us private flatfoots can't even make the rent. So why do you stay in the business? Why not get a houseboat up in the Sacramento Delta? Smoke, drink, fish, fuck. You know, what old guys do. Don't forget piss and moan. All right, that's the that's the end of that section. How are we doing? Uh, you know, we're at twenty five minutes. I I I, I feel like uh, it's fine to keep these episodes a little shorter. Sure. Yeah, yeah. we're we're about to get into some some, some other, other shit. Stuff. So, and, but it seems fine. like we have uh, a lot to talk uh, to discuss. Yeah. Uh, boats and TV. Boats and TV. Um, I guess let's keep on the uh, TV thre- thread. Well, first, I think I got to do I got to recap. Oh yeah. Okay. Do you want to do the recap? <sighs> Doc is visited by his ex, Shasta Faye, who says that there's a plot to have her new boyfriend, Mickey Wolfman, real estate kingpin, uh, thrown in the loony bin by her, uh, her, his wife and his wife's boyfriend. Uh, he says, bet. Then she disappears. <laughs> uh, he meets Tori Khalil, who's like, go see Glenn Sharlock, he, my old uh, lockup friend. He owes me something. He goes uh, to see about Glenn Sharlock at the uh, Chick Planet, uh, Channel View Estates, massage parlor, new real estate development, gets bopped. Uh, after meeting Jade, wakes up Bigfoot, has tried to arrest him for the murder of Glenn Charlock, uh, can't pin him on it. Then he gets another call from uh, Hope Harlingen saying uh, she doesn't think that her OD'd saxophone uh, surf rock boyfriend is actually dead. He says, okay, cool. Then he, uh, he asks around a little bit about him. 
he I think he meets the guy with the computer. At this point, he goes to see Sloan Wolfman at the Fritz the, is the guy with the computer. Fritz is the computer guy. Yeah, yeah, Craig, Craig. I think that's all. Oh, and then he he yes. He talks to at one point uh another detective or another uh LAPD guy who hates Bigfoot, who's like, Yeah, Mickey's or uh, Bigfoot's into some weird shit. He goes to see Sloan, uh, and Sloan's boyfriend Riggs and uh, you know, sniffs around there for a while. Then he oh god, um that's the the Hope Harlingen bit. He sees Sloan. Oh, that he sees his girlfriend from the DA's office, Penny. Yes. Uh, sn- keeps sniffing around Chasta. Penny then doesn't really know what's up, uh, other than hinting at ominous deeds between Mickey and the cops and whatever. Then she sends him to the feds. The feds uh in- inquire after him. He leaves that situation, and that's almost where we were. Uh, we got up to. Then he goes out with the girls, Lourdes and Motella. Yes. The flight uh, meets, meets their the s- steward. eye, yep. meets up with them, and uh, they've got two Vietnam vet, recent vets that are like maybe running cash and drugs, and they're kind of involved. And then the Golden Fang gets brought up as a, a specter, and now he's looking into the Golden Fang. Yes. Okay. Uh, Boats TV, which I. Uh, I want to shout out uh, somebody who has a fan page that I found that has really good diagrams of all the character relationships on it. Uh, okay. Inherent-vice.com, uh, who also, I think, at this point in it, uh, helpfully breaks down that there are essentially five plots okay. in Inherent Vice. Have we gotten all of them yet or yeah, no? I think we have now met all of them. Could I, could I name them? Yes. There's Hope. There's the Hope and Coy Harlingen. Yes. There is Where is Shasta? Yes. There is the Mickey Wolfman of it all. Yes. There's the Golden Fang yes. of it all. And then fucking hell. Um, is it something with Bigfoot and the yes. cops? Yes, exactly. Those are the five. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. I am a genius. You are. You are such a good, good reader. Molly. <laughs> You're so good at reading. You sound like all of my teachers and professors. <laughs> yes. Uh, as this person uh, lays out uh, that. And I think that it will be useful for tracking for us and for you, maybe, dear li- listeners. That, yes. Yeah, there's essentially five threads yes. that are woven together. The Mickey plot, the Shasta plot, the Koi plot, mm-hmm. the Bigfoot plot, and the Golden Fang. Oh, and Koi also came back. Yes, uh, he, came back. he is, in Koi fact, is he, Koi is back, back again. He's living with the boards, um, but because he's an anonymous saxophone player, they don't end. And, and uh, the band keeps cycling through. The, nobody really knows that he used to, nobody, nobody knows I used to be the saxophonist for this band. And the, it's like, we, we, we totally don't. We have no idea who you are. Who are you again? <laughs> who are you again? Uh, boats. We met, we met a real pinch on, uh, inherent, uh, vice character last night, uh, at a, a gathering we went to a guy who, uh, bought a sailboat, a seventies sailboat and was just like telling us about it. I was like asking him questions about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it is talking about the, the history, tracking the history of a boat. Mm-hmm. Like as we see through the golden fang slash the preserved, it is like, it's like a soap opera in a way. Like he was talking about how the, it had his, the boat that he bought kind of had like a lurid past and he hasn't christened it as his own. <laughs> uh, and I made the terrible joke. I'm like, if a boat sinks without uh, being christened, does it go to boat hell? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think that's a good joke. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, I don't know. It's just, it's funny that unlike cars, Boats seem to have it's like yes. the longer lifespan and the and the mystery of the sea. Well, it's like an an intersection of a house and a car, but also there's like all all the lore and ritual that goes along with uh uh 
boats. And they're also da- they're dangerous. Yes. And also as this ch- um, chapter gets into a fascinating like legal gray zone that boats exist maritime in, law uh, where, you know, like every boat is like registered to Panama for obscure legal and property reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, or, or like some, some obscure African country. Is uh, it, I guess, is it the idea that if you are in international waters, you are not governed by the law? This yeah, is what I so don't. You go to like the lowest common denominator for like legal standing. Yeah. So you'd so be every, like, I yeah. don't know. Uh, it, cocaine is legal in, uh, in yeah. fucking Zimbabwe. Liberia I think, is a, <laughs> is a, uh, a country that many boats are re- registered to. You also have like the pot, you know, pirate radio thing where if yes. you all you have to do is float float a barge out at sea and you can play whatever you want. It's a it's a romantic thought. You have the Moby Dick of it all, where you know yes. if you are a completely shiftless loser, you at the very least you can get get on some kind of whaling ship. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a occupation and uh, oh no, sorry, we're watching a oh, his, we're watching a board. surf uh, video and a guy I seemed really pissed and either broke his surfboard in half or, or it was his, already broken. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's an occupation of last resort for a lot of people. Um, I know that there is that NCI like NCIS naval crime show that has like a billion spinoffs and has been on for a billion uh, mm-hmm. seasons, but you could probably do a pretty good show that's just like. Hey, what's going on on boats? <laughs> what's happening out there? Yeah, maybe that's what Miami Vice was about. I don't know. I don't know. Never seen it. Uh, I mean, now we're back on TV. Well, f- first, the other boat thing I want to say is that I- in terms of meeting mysterious sailors out at night, do you re- remember we went to see Rez? Uh, at, yes. At Brooklyn Mirage back when we lived in New York. This is a slightly down tempo like dark yeah hypnotic edm person and we were like having a blast making friends and there was a guy walking around with a gigantic fan huge fan who was like fanning groups of people because it was hot in there it was like summer and outside and uh as like things were winding down like we ended up talking to him and he's like talking about how he just moved from florida Mm -hmm. and he knew how to sail and he tried to get a job as like a bartender at one of the many like cruise lines around yes. the city and they're like bartender hell you can be my first mate and so now he like was doing like sunset sunset sailboat tours. tours yes and again it's just like i don't know but boat people are special they're on a different they they've, they've got sea legs yes they do have sea, sea legs they have a different uh concept of like space time and reality and than it's also Earth people. at least everybody that i have ever met who has had a part of their life where you on a boat you never stop being a boat person. Yeah, it is. It's a birth. I think it's both a birthright and a vocation. Yes. You're, you're called to the sea. Yeah. Um, people are, people are called to the sea. Yeah. I don't know how easy it is to now be a working class boat person. I mean, you gotta imagine like all the people who populate like cruise staffs and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny because I I think I'm relatively not a boat person, but I am fascinated, especially by the idea of very large, large boat craft. Yeah. I mean, someday we will go on a cruise just to uh, just to like check out the vibe. I, I think I would have a blast. I think I think I would, too. But I think it is, you know, in the words of the the, the show's namesake, I think it's something a supposedly fun thing that we would do once and enjoy and be like, you know what, we don't really need to do. I want to do. Sp- I think the problem with cruises is that they 
there's not enough boat in it. Like they basically just want you to be in like a combination hotel resort theme park that happens to be on the water. Yeah. Like I would want a little bit more, you know, I'd like to touch the. Well, so you would like to go like yachting. I guess. I don't know. I'm sure that there are like bespoke yachts uh, that we could get, you know, like uh, I guess I would be like the triangles of sadness type thing. Well, that's what I was literally just thinking about. Do you have a fear of open water? Are you good? Not really, but I guess the bigger the boat, the more comfortable I would be because Mm -hmm. it alienates you from the water, the size of the boat. Yeah. I I, I don't think I would mind open water. I don't I don't mind flying over it in an airplane and looking and being like, oh, damn. If there were problems out out there, I would be like, "This is beyond me." You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I, that's also the thing is that I I would need to give myself away to whoever is in command of the boat, and it would be Poseid- like who- Poseidon, god of the sea. <laughs> well, yes, a to, <laughs> a to make make my peace with Poseidon, uh, but also just like I I would need to trust the person operating the boat. And again, if it's like a giant cruise ship, you know, that's like a company. Yeah. Uh, running it. And, you know, as as much as we hate corporations, it is in their best interest to function correctly most of the time mm-hmm. and not <laughs> wreck their boat. I would love to go to, to Zucky's and get some stoner uh, Jewish oh deli food. What was it? Oh, not. What is the thing? The Admiral's Luau? The Admiral's Luau was at... Um, Oh, what was it? The belaying pin? The belaying Do you know what pin. that is a reference? I, I assume some, some sort of boat. Thing, yeah. Something. The toss-off detail of the um the tables that are like lacquered portholes. Yeah. I, I like I can I can see it very clearly. In yuppie my mind. yuppie uh fish fish culture. Yeah, and every, anchovy loaf. And everybody is at uh Zucky's because there's one a one second shot of it in the uh pre in the, <laughs> the, the 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 intro to a movie. Yeah, or a TV, or a TV show. show. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Nehru jackets. Uh. The, I worked at a restaurant for four weeks when I was in high school before I couldn't, I literally just couldn't hack it and, and quit. <laughs> uh, but we had to wear our uniforms were Nehru jackets uh, for the food runners. And I have a very specific me- uh, memory of being harassed by some uh, yuppie gays uh, who were, uh, you know, I was like 17 and were, were, were basically making fun of me for, for being a, a cute little boy in my cute little Nehru jacket. Oh, uh, do you have any pictures? No. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe my dad would have some, <laughs> uh, of that. Anyway, that's, that's all. Whenever I hear Nehru jacket, I, I think about, uh, being like, uh, hearing a guy being like, oh, that's a cute Nehru jacket. Or what are you in the Beatles? Oh my God. Oh, and I'm being like, what does Nehru mean? I don't know what this You're is. like, what am I? I have no idea what's going on. Yes, exactly. I'm 17 years old and I don't need this right now. Yes. I'm just trying to, t- to take food from kitchen to table. Please don't talk. To me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, hey, this was in the age when it was cultural appreciation, not appropriation. Exactly. <laughs> when people were just like, y- y'all seeing this shit? This is a, what the hell? Sorry, now we're we're watching this surf video that's like a vlog, and I think it's some guy going to some random ass places. A luau. Is that a, was that a luau? It looked like it. The Admiral's Luau. The Admiral's Luau. I mean, I love a fish and chip. I love what a- What do you think is in the Ooh. Admiral's Luau? I, I imagine it's like- a wide, like a bu- a bunch of random shit. Okay, so fries and uh, fried fish, yes, but also I think some shrimps. 
Yeah, but some shrimps. If it's a luau, I wonder if there's p- any pig in like Ooh, any pork, uh, or if it's just you know if it's, like he's at sea. Crab legs. Yeah. So like that, like the big king crab legs sticking out of it. I do love seafood. Maybe like a little like <laughs> like a third of a corn on a cob. You know how they sometimes do that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck, I'm hungry. I yeah, I am too. I think I need to eat I think lunch. We need to eat, yes. Uh, all right. I there's, think no, there's nothing like a fish sandwich with just lettuce and tomato yeah, and, like little, and like mayo or maybe like a crisp a coleslaw, Pit, a pickle. Oh, fuck. Damn. Damn. <laughs> all right. I think we. Need this is also <laughs> honestly just making me want to like go to the beach. Like I feel like we've been really digging into the east side. I'm like, I oh, we should go, go to the to beach. The, yeah. When we go to San Diego, maybe we'll oh, go. Yeah, we'll get, we should go our, to the beach. Our, yes, we should go to the beach. Aren't we also getting a delivery food from that? fish restaurant El Think Pescador so. or something El Pescador mm, yum oh I love oh, yeah yum. you know what they say about Thanksgiving week uh, just it's all about fish it's all about the fish you know well, it's you- not bad I'm a, I'm a real holiday food is whatever whatever you want which yeah. is why you know we did like Christmas lasagna a couple times uh, I made a beef wellington for uh, beef wellington uh, Chris, Chris uh, you know ham Thanksgiving ham can be Thanksgiving it doesn't have to be turkey it's, uh, it's I feel whatever like Christmas is festive. Ham, ham for Christmas is is more the move. Let's yeah, Christmas ham. We should mm-hmm. we should we should order one. <sighs> Sorry, all right, we're we're officially okay, we're clearly, so hungry yeah, that we're, we're just we're food brain. <laughs> all right, we will leave we leave you at that. We'll be back uh, soon with uh, more inherent advice. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye.